you have a Bible, open up to Proverbs. It's where we're going to hang out. It's on your phone. Go there too. Proverbs 1, verse 1 is where we're going to start. We've been in a series uh, before this of cults and religions, and man, it was, it was fun. It was, it was outstanding. Last week, we had over 500 people watching this on, uh, live on Periscope. There were 500 people that watched the message on Jehovah's Witness last week. The week before that, we had uh, around 300, and then it just was right around there for the rest of those weeks. But, man, God's doing a lot of stuff through those messages. Had two people text me today, one emailed me. Uh, saying that they listened to the Mormon message that, that I gave here and uh, how they were so excited about it because now they're going to, they feel like they know how they can win their Mormon friend to Christ. And so it's neat that, yeah, a lot, God's doing a lot in here, but he's also taking these messages and the music out. And so it really is awesome. And today we start our message and our series on the black box. It'll be a two-week series. That I'm super excited about. And it starts tonight, it's all about wisdom. It's all about wisdom, making wise choices. And man, we always make choices. Every single day we are making, right now you are making a choice. Do I listen to that dude up on the stage or do I get on my phone? Do I like this girl that's sitting next to me or this guy that's sitting next to me or not? That's awkward because you're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> do I cheat on this test or do I not? Do I do this? Do I do this? And you can, you're daily, all the time, every minute, every second, you're always making decisions. And sometimes the decisions we make can absolutely wreck our lives. And sometimes we think this. We think that, well, if I choose to do this, it doesn't say in the Bible that I shouldn't do this. And it's really not that bad. So if I do this, it's not that bad. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. And decisions like that can seriously wreck your life. And you can be like, well, I want to look, you know, I want to look in the Bible and see what it says about making this certain decision. You're like, oh, I'm not going to find it. It's not there, so I'm just going to do it. And when people use that mentality in making decisions, you are going down a really, really, really bad path. Like the decision you're making right now to talk when I'm talking is really, really, really dumb. So I would stop talking. Thank you. I've made a lot of great, wise decisions in my life. But I feel like I've made more really, really bad decisions. And uh, one time, I was going through a really hard time in my life. I mean, really hard. And I kind of blocked everybody out of my life. And I decided, no joke. I woke up and I said, I'm going to go buy a car. I'm just going to go buy a car. I want to buy whatever car I want to. I'm 20-something. I'm a man. I have no money. I'll put it on credit and pay for it the rest of my life. I'm going to go buy a car. 
So I drove to a really nice Honda dealership. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to go, you know, Honda. And so I went to the Honda dealership and I said, I, no, I, I'm all by myself, okay? I am by myself. And I said, I want the coolest car you have. No joke. No joke. And they go, seriously? And they saw me like, and I was just like, I've never done this before. No idea what I'm doing, but I want a car. And I'm going to buy a car. So like, and you know, they, if, I don't know if y'all know car sales. Maybe you're a car salesman. You're listening to this. You're here. I, I, maybe you're, you've never bought a car. Maybe you bought a car. Like now going to a car dealership, I love it. Like it is so fun for me. Like I'm like, let's go. You want, oh, I will win. I will make you give me the car. But back then I was like, just give me a car. I don't have any money. They're like, so how are you going to pay for it? I was like, I don't know. How much are you willing to spend? I don't know. What's your budget? Don't have one. I and mean, that's like, that's like the dream scenario for a car salesman. And this guy's like, come with me, little one. And I'm like, okay, take me to the car. <laughs> and so he takes me to this two-door Honda Coupe. It was like a 2000 and the next year, okay. Like it wasn't even that year yet, but that was that car. Like the year wasn't even here. And it was like already made for me. I was like, this is a sign from the Lord. So what do you do? Oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, really? You sure you're going to do it? Yeah, give me the car. So they, no joke. They're like, hey, we'll pull it around for you. They pull around this Honda two-door, like .1 mile on it, never been driven, all leather, purple. <laughs> for real, it was purple. I didn't, I couldn't see straight, but it was purple. And I got in it, okay, and the guy is like, this is the most amazing car you'll ever see. I mean, this guy might have been the enemy, okay, I don't know. But he's like, this car is going so hot. I mean, everybody wants this car. I knew he lied later because those cars were still there, like years later, all right. And so I get in the car, and it is fast, and it is awesome. He's like, it has a, I'll never forget it, has a race car steering, steering wheel. I was like, cool. I didn't know what it meant, but he got me, all right. And the sound system is like, yeah, and it's like tinted windows and blah, 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 blah. It's just like Satan, like, buy the car. And I'm not even wondering how much it is. I didn't even look. I didn't even care. I, I really didn't. I'm like, just tell me what my monthly payment is. You never say that when you're buying a car, y'all. Never go in and say, well, I just want my monthly payment to be, okay. Because then they just, they figure it out and they, they get you. But, so I'm about to buy the car. A purple two-door Honda Coupe 2000, not going to tell you because I don't want to tell you what year it was because it wasn't that far away. So, so, <laughs> uh, I did work here. Um, and so, <laughs> so, I'm like, all right. And then all of a sudden, it was like, I woke up. And I said, you know what, let me take some time and let me go get a friend and make sure this is the right thing. And he's like, no, 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 no. You know, I'm like, he didn't really do that, but it was kind of like that. And so, and so I left and I went and got a really trustworthy friend of mine. And you may know him. His name is Shannon Self. And so he, uh, four of you know him. Um, he, he's, I don't know why I thought he was trustworthy, but whatever. He's all I had at the time. and He's a great friend of mine. And so I went and got him and I said, Shannon, come with me to the car dealership, and we walk in, and he's like, that one? I'm like, yeah, it's beautiful, it's purple, 
He's like, I'll never forget it, ever. I'll never forget his comment. And it saved me, it saved me a lot, like a lot. Like if I would have met Erica, my, my, my wife right now, if I would have met her in a purple car, I, she would have never, it would have been bad. We wouldn't be married. She'd been gone. I'd still be single, <laughs> driving a purple car <laughs> and paying for it. And so, and so this, this unwise decision of mine to possibly buy the purple car, Shannon's like, dude, you're going to look like a cheerleader in that. I was like, what's wrong with that? No, I was kidding. No, I really, I was like, it's cool, man, look at it. Anyways, I see that car now, and I'm like, thank you, Lord Shannon. Um, for, not Lord Shannon, but Lord and Shannon for, for helping me not purchase this car. And so anyways, I ended up not buying that car or that kind of car, um, and I ended up not getting a car that day. And so um, I went to bed, and I woke up, and I was like, I have another great idea. It's <laughs> so dumb. So instead of buying a car, I went to Best Buy and I bought two 52-inch flat-screen TVs. Why are you clapping? You don't understand. I didn't buy them. I didn't steal them. I didn't, I, I bought two. I only need one. I was single living by myself, all right? I, here's what I thought. I'm going to sell one. But I bought both of them with a credit card. Yeah, dumb. And I, I didn't tell anybody. I went to Best Buy and I bought two stupid flat screen TVs that I still own to this day. They are paid for finally, 20 years later. But man, we make, we make unwise decisions and, and that is like mine. I could go on and on. Y'all, well, I better not tell you too many. Anyways, I've made a lot of unwise decisions and some of them, some of them seriously, not those, maybe the purple car could have wrecked my life. Forever, like y'all would be like, "There's my youth pastor, but he's he's in a purple car. It's weird." Just, hey, <laughs> um, and so th there's so many things that in in life that that, and, and I know you have similar stories, probably just like that, where it's like, "Man, if I would have done this, whoo hoo!" And so that's what we're talking about tonight. Is man, how do we make wise decisions? And 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 the reason we call this series the black box is because of this. On every single airplane, there is a thing called the black box. The black box is actually, I don't understand it, it's actually orange. It's an orange box in the airplane, but it's called a black box, so we're going to call it the black box. I really wanted to call this series the orange box, but that wouldn't make sense. So the black box is on an airplane. There's two of them, actually. One of them records everything that the flight people, that the, whatever they're called, the, I don't know why I'm doing this, <laughs> flying a plane like this. Um, the, the pilots... They record everything that they say, and, uh, and the other one records everything that the plane is doing, all the different instruments, all the stuff. It records 80 different things every single millisecond, just constantly, constantly. It's just recording, 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 recording. Here's why. So that if the plane ever crashes, that they can, well, this is what people say. So that if the plane ever crashes, they can find this indestructible black box, orange box, and find it. And then see what went, on, what went wrong with the plane via everything that it was recording. And so a lot of people say the black box, man, it is just for when the plane crashes. Not true. They actually use the black box every single day when a, when a plane is flown. They look at it to see anything, that if anything went wrong or what went right. And so they're constantly looking at this black box, orange box, to really see what is going on. 
And that same thing applies to us today. A lot of us look at God like we only go to God, we only need God whenever our life has crashed. When the truth is, God is constantly here for us all the time. And we need to go to God all the time. And we don't want to wait until we crash to go to God. And we need to be going to God all the time with every single decision. So how do we make wise decisions? Check out Proverbs 1, verse 1 through 7 the, through 6. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom, which is something that you should strain for, something that you should want is to be wise. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. For, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. So here's the deal. What is wisdom? Like if I were sitting in where you're at right now and some youth pastor dude or some pastor was like, you need to be wise. Here's what I would think. Going back to my teenage years, which was not long ago, okay? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Purple car. And so, if I were sitting in your place, I would think somebody who is wise is really old, has white hair and like a long beard, okay? For real. That's what I would think. Maybe you're like, I'm not thinking that. Well, that's what I would think, so I don't care what you think. Anyways, that's what I would think. That's someone who is wise, is someone who's really old, been around a long time. Actually, being wise is this, making decisions based on how life really is. Wisdom is making decisions based on reality, based on what's really happening in life. You look in verse 2, for gaining wisdom and instruction, exactly what wisdom is, is right here. Understanding words of insight. Making decisions that are not going to wreck your life. Teenagers, if you can catch this tonight and seriously start to work on it. Because I'm going to tell you what to do and how to slowly become wise. If you can catch this tonight, I truly believe it will save you from years and years of pain. So I'm so glad you're here to catch this. Because I want you to be making wise decisions. You don't have to be really, really old with a gray hair and a goatee. Especially if you're a girl, because that's weird. That's really weird. Weird. Proverbs 1.32, check this out. Proverbs 1.32 says this, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them. And some of you in this room right now are simple, and it's going to kill you. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. Some of you are fools. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. For the waywardness of the simple. Here's the simple. The simple, I would call them a bobblehead. A simple, he's saying the simple right here, the waywardness of the simple, just someone who's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Whatever the culture says. The simple is someone who just, the simple is the person who, and I've been this person before, where you're like, hey, do you see that movie, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. You didn't, I never saw the movie. Like, for real, I have been that. Like, that, I, I've, I've been that person. 
where I just wanted to kind of fit in, where I did whatever I could so that people would like me. Or, or the simple is the person that says, you know what, whatever the culture says, whatever the culture says about whatever, whatever the culture says, if, if, if the culture says that homosexuality is okay, then it's okay. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. That's the simple. If that offended you, good. That's the simple. That's the simple. Simple just says, you know what? The culture's right. MTV is right. This politician is right. And this is right. And so you know what? Because they say it's right, I'm in. The simple doesn't look at the word of God and say, hey, the word of God is right. So I'm going to go with that. That's the simple. The fool, here's the fool. The fool, and I've been the fool as well. The fool says, you know what, I don't really care what the culture says, I'm right, no matter what. And I don't really care if you think I'm right or not, but I'm right. You, you <laughs> I'm right, you're wrong. That's the fool. The fool hates correction. The fool hates when someone says, you're wrong, you don't know what you're talking about. The fool gets really, really upset about that because they are right. They are cocky. And they're rude. Right here, it's talking about this in Proverbs. The simple is the bobblehead. The fool thinks they are the wisest person in the world and they are so right. And both of these types of people are unwise and out of touch with reality. And I want you to know that we all, every one of us, can fall into those traps every single day. And let me tell you something, those are traps that can and will destroy you if you continue to stay in it. And so maybe right now you realize, man, I'm, ooh, 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 this is where I'm at right now. And I've even found myself sometimes in seasons of one of these, where I'm in a season of being a fool, where I'm in a season of being simple. And God's like, wake up! Don't buy the purple car! And then you come back and you're like, ah, yes, but that's me. And the reason I've done that, here's why. Proverbs 1 verse 7 says this. Verse 7, we read 1 through 6, check out verse 7. How do we have wisdom? How do we gain wisdom? How do we not become simple or the fool? Here's how. The first few words in verse 7 is, is it. It's it. Fear God. It says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear, and maybe you've heard that before, fear God. You hear people screaming on the like, oh, makes me so mad. The people on the megaphones and yelling, you need to fear God and you're not going to hell. One time, I don't know if I should tell you this, I'm just going to tell you. They were at an event I was at and we came out and they were like on the microphone like, you're all going to hell and when Jesus loves you. And I was like, what? Like, I don't, I'm confused, you confused me. And I, I, what? You're y'all know what I'm about myself here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yes, no. Okay, so here's what I did, and they're on a, they're on like a stereo system thing. Okay, I went and then unplugged it, and I took off running. I don't know if that's wise, fool, simple, or dumb, but I did it. I did it, and I was like, I showed them, and then I felt bad. I was like, man, I, I shouldn't have done that. I need to go tell them I'm sorry, and then I. 
guilt and Lord smacked me. I shouldn't have told you that story. I don't even know why I told you that story, but I did. I'm sorry. Unwise decision to tell you that story. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord. So what, what is fear? We can fear God. Fear, there's two types of fear. The first fear is like when you hang out with someone and you're afraid they're going to punch you in your face. Okay? That's not fearing God. Like fearing God is not like, oh, you're going to hit me. Fearing God is not like when you get around somebody, maybe you've been around somebody, you're afraid they're going to hurt you maybe emotionally, they're going to say something mean, they're going to cut you down, they're going to put you down, or they're going to hurt you. Because those type of people literally hurt you, you become fearful, and then you actually, it changes your whole course of your life when you live in that kind of fear. So that's not the fear it's talking about. Like when it says fear God, it's not like, hey, fear God, he's going to knock you out. That's not that, it's not that type of fear. The type of fear it's talking about, and, and, and the best way that I can come up to explain it is when you fear God, it is, it is like holding something so precious in your, like, like it's just something so precious that you don't want to hurt it. And you're just like, oh man, like, like, like Emerson, whenever she was born in Ayler, whenever he was born, it's like, like I never held a kid until Emerson, my daughter. I was like, <sighs> Like, don't be like that, that way with God. That's weird. Ah, God, no. <laughs> but I didn't want to hurt her, and I didn't want to mess anything up. And I was just like, man, this is awesome. And I know you don't understand that because you don't have kids, and you will one day, and great. You know, maybe it's just something that you take so precious in your life. And I, I don't know what that is, but it's something that is so amazing that you're just like, ah, oh, that's so important to you. And when it says to fear God, fearing God, is man, you're just like in awe of him. You know the word, the word that we say a lot, the word awesome, let me, let me explain this to you real quick. This is free. The word awesome, we, we should look at God like he is awesome. And when you say the word awesome, here's what that word literally means. The word awesome means that you are so awesome, God. You are so awesome. That word actually means terrible. Because when you get in the presence of God, whenever you die and go to heaven as a Christian, when you accept Christ, when you die, the first thing, whenever you see God, you are not going to be able to do anything else but get on your knees. And you're going to say, holy, holy, holy. How do I know that? Not because I heard someone who died and went to heaven wrote a book about it. How do I know that? It's because it says it in the Bible. That's how I know that. And that when you see him, it's be like, oh. You're, you, there's all these songs about what's going to happen in heaven. And all these great things are going to happen in heaven. And all this, oh, no, no. Let me tell you what's going to happen in heaven. Is you're going to fall to your knees and you're going to see God and you'll be like, wow. You are so awesome. That's probably what I'm going to say. Wow, you are holy. And whenever you, you are like that, you're going to be like that in heaven. We should be like that now. God, you are so awesome. Everything you, about you is amazing. 
And how do you know when you fear God? Because when you start to fear God and you're like, you are everything. When you fear God, here's what that means. You go to him for everything. You want to read about him every day. You want to learn about him all the time. You actually make wise decisions. When you fear God, you have nothing else that matters except God. There's been moments in most of your lives where you have had this fear of God. You wouldn't call it a fear of God, but you would, you'd call it, I don't know, a spiritual high. You would call it, man, I'm getting it right now. I am clicking right now. It is, my relationship with God is awesome. When you're in those moments, that's called fearing God. You are there, you are with them, and when you are fearing God, you make wise decisions. And so, what do I, so, so how do we continue to fear God? How do we continue to do this? is every single day you are talking to him. You have a relationship with him. If you don't talk to him and have a relationship with him, then you have nothing. It's like dating somebody that you don't talk to. That's weird. You're just friends. You don't, so what's up? And they don't talk back, that's weird. Dump them. Get out of here. I don't need someone that talks to me. If you have a relationship with somebody, you, you communicate. A lot of y'all do it on your phones. You're awesome at it. Like amazing text communicators but we need to get into the text the word of God how does God talk to you through the word of God how do you start making wise decisions is you stop listening to politicians you stop listening to the culture you stop looking at stinking Instagram for all your answers you stop looking at Facebook and Twitter and all these really smart people who know all the answers and you start looking at the word of God that's it that's it how else can you grow in your walk with the Lord and how else can you continue to fear him? Is you come to church every time the doors are open. And I want to make a plea to every single high school student in the room. I need you to stand up right now. Every high school student right now, stand up. Stand up. You're in high school. I don't need any clapping. I don't need any talking. I don't need any moving. Let me ask you something and you don't get to answer. Your answer is going to be on Sunday morning. I'm going to actually tell you something. I need, I need every single person standing to come to Bible study on Sunday morning. And I don't care what you have. High school students, God would love to pour into you on Sunday morning. And I understand high school is busy. I understand it's craziness. I understand you got homecoming every single weekend and you got prom coming up and you're already going to dress for it. I get it and sometimes you can't make it. I understand. But I'm telling you right now, I would love to see all of you this Sunday at 9.30 or 11 o'clock. I really, really would. And where? Where do you go? You don't need to go upstairs to the third floor anymore. Don't do that anymore. Ever. That's done. I just need you to come to the high school room. Where's that? Someone around you knows where it is. At 9.30 or 11, just come to the high school room. I just need you to come to the high school room. We're all going to be in there. Everybody's going to be meeting together. We've made a lot of changes and all this stuff. Grades here, this here, school here, this here. No. We're all meeting together in the high school room. I'm going to be teaching. If you don't like my teaching, don't come. That's okay. There's other great churches around this city and I'll go there and enjoy it and it'll be awesome. I'm asking you this Sunday at 9.30 or 11, come. If you don't like it, you never have to come back. We'll see you on Wednesday. Have a seat. Thank you. You just forgot that for those of you who sat down. Stand back up. High school student, students, stand up. This Sunday. Okay, thank you. Sit down. This is great. It's like a, like a thing. Brett, come on up, bud. Junior high students, y'all are crushing it right now. 
keep coming. Keep coming. There's, there's a lot of you. There's a whole, whole lot of you. Why did I do that? Here's why I did that. I didn't do it because, man, I want a lot of people on Sunday morning. Here's why I did it. Because Sunday morning is a time where you can grow in your walk with the Lord, just like right now. A lot of you are growing in your walk with the Lord. And you're like, man, I'm just going to go to live. I'm going to go to Wednesday night youth group, and it's going to be it. No, I need you to come on Sunday morning because we want to take this a little bit deeper. Because the decisions that you are making from Wednesday to Sunday are crushing you. And I believe that God wants to speak to you on Sunday morning. I really, really do, and I know it. Why? Because for me, when I was in high school, my youth pastor, when I didn't show up, guess what he did? He showed up to my house. I was sleeping. I'll never forget it. He showed up. It's like, what are you doing? I was like, huh? What, this is weird. I made a poor decision. He said, get up. Let's go. I was like, dude, this I want to sleep. Bedside Baptist. Thank you. I didn't make that up. But I'll never forget it. Why did he do that? Because he believed in me. I wish I could. That would be weird if I showed up and all you. Hey, what are you sleeping for? Huh? Why are you? Weird. But I, I can't, and that's weird. And it's 2015. And you have guns. But here's the deal. Coming to church is a wise, wise decision, and it helps you to make wise decisions, and it helps you to learn more to fear God. Because the more you can learn about Him, the more you can grow in Him, the more that you're going to make wise decisions, and the more that you're actually going to stay out of trouble and stop making dumb decisions. Check this out. Psalm 111 says this in verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See, I didn't make this up. They're like, man, that was, Michael's smart. No, I am, huh? No, look at me. I'm not smart. David, David said this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. That's the beginning of wisdom, is to fear him. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to really think about your life right now. Really think about it. When you look at your life, have you drifted away? Think about it. Only you know that. God knows that. Have you drifted away? Are you seeking his word every single day? Are you praying like crazy for him? Are you growing in your relation with God? And a lot of people can say, you know what, I'm really not. And, they would, and I would say, why? And they would say this. They wouldn't not say it this way, but they would pretty much say, because I'm scared of what God's going to do. Let me tell you, don't be scared of God like he's going to hurt you. Fear him because he loves you. Fear him because he loves you. And man, that should just bring so much joy to your life. Because when you start becoming, making wise decisions, there's nothing else and you'll start to notice, be like, that was good. You're the man. That was awesome. Because you'll start to see a change in your life. And then the best part is, is that other people will start to see that change in your life. And they'll be like, dude, what is happening? You're like, man, I just started to fear God. What? Yeah. I just started to realize that, man, I need him. And he is seriously awesome. And he's changed my life from the inside out. Well, How? And you can tell them this, I just seriously, the cross 
is he died on a cross for my sins. And because he died on a cross and he rose again, unlike any other God ever, there's no other God that has died and rose again. There's no other, all these other people worship gods that have died and you can go visit their tombs. That's cool. You can go and talk to God because he's alive. He's alive. And because he's alive, we should fear him and we should glorify him and we should honor him with our lives. And those are a lot of big spiritual Christian words that means, man, let's get after it for him. For him. And you'll see a change in your life. So don't just go to the black box whenever, man, your life has crashed. Man, go to him every single day because there's going to be a time when the phone rings and you get a text, something happens. And your world's going to fall apart. And I pray that, man, it's not that moment you go look at the black box. But you've been continuing to do it your entire life. And you've been making wise decisions. And when you get the phone call, the text, the moment, whatever it may be, the knock on the door, I don't know what it will be. You come home and, man, it's like, what has happened? You know that in that moment, the wise decision is, Jesus, this is really hard. And you got this. And you can do that as a Christian. But right now, there's people in this room that you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't have anybody to talk to. You don't know what you would do if you were to die tonight. And right now, if you were to die tonight and you have not asked Jesus Christ in your heart, I will tell you what will happen is that you will die and you will spend eternity in hell. And I don't say it to scare you. I say it because that's real life. Like that's what the word of God says. And everything I base my life on and everything I say from this stage is from the word of God. If you don't believe me, we can go to coffee. You can buy it for me and we can talk about it. My drinks are expensive. I would love it. And so I want to give you the opportunity tonight to accept Christ in your life and to start tonight by making wise choices. So no one looking around right now. No one looking around at all.